On this week's podcast, I'm back and I'm excited to be here. And we're going to find out today that we've got more segues than a tour in Prague. We're going to find out what films we all hold special. And finally, I get my revenge by challenging Flint on Connect the Dots. In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk Filmy to Me. Hello, welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, a podcast about news, film, entertainment and general pop culture. You are listening to episode 28. I am your host, one of the two guys, but to be honest, that two guys jingle's got a little bit old. There's a whole team of people involved in Talk Filmy to Me and getting this stuff done. Speaking of which, joining me on co-hosting duties today is none other than Mr. Jamie Hannon. You may have heard him on previous podcasts. He gets his face around on BBC Radio quite a bit, as well as just general shenanigans. How are you doing, buddy? Not too bad, mate. On this uh, glorious sunny day, in typical fashion, we're geeking it out indoors. Speaking of geeking it out, it was it was May the 4th. I was quite disappointed, actually. It wasn't really too much. No. Nah. Like, nothing happened. No, no. Like, there was no... I thought maybe, like, a new trailer would drop for Star Wars. A new Death Wars. Star would appear or something. <laughs> a new Death Star would appear. <laughs> or at least a bit... Maybe Lego release a new set yeah, or something. But nothing, no, it's, mate. it's a bit bit bad. But actually, speaking of um, Star Warsy stuff, so uh, Childish Gambino, also known as Donald Glover, he released his new a new song yesterday and man it is a banger like if you yeah. get a chance listen to it oh. it is incredible but um but anyway childish gambino aside should we crack straight into news news right let's go let's go with the more star wars related stuff because it was obviously obviously may the fourth um solo a star wars story comes out very very soon in fact this podcast has been invited to a press screening of that which Ooh. i can't chuffing wait to go to um <laughs> but uh, they have come out and when i say day howard um ron howard shall i say has come out and said if this film is successful if this film proves to be a critical and commercial success they're going to be looking at making sequels like a whole brand a whole they're, hand solo brand yeah like a hand solo brand i mean i don't know if they're going to introduce because you've got amelia clark from game of thrones she's she's no. A prominent character in it as well as obviously Donald Glover's Lando and obviously Lando we do, he's kind of a black box really in terms of um, the the stuff his backstory we don't yeah. know much about him so yeah, could, is he shady is he you know, obviously all we know about is the Cloud City and Bespin and him you know he, he had this slightly shady past in he but is he actually a good guy now is he just someone who's lucked himself into governor sort of position or what apparently for the last jedi um he was meant, he was actually originally meant to come back i can't remember the name of it's, 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 i want lando to come back yeah, that would like, be awesome the original actor i can't remember his name sorry i know there's a lot of people screaming at their podcast right now the dude's name but he was originally drafted to come back because the whole nostalgia thing and everything else right and he'd done a screen test um, for a scene. He was going to own the casino they went to on that on that. I can't remember the name of the planet. The, the, oh yeah, that yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome yeah, if he'd owned that. He was going to own the casino, and it would have been like they'd gone to Lando's uh, casino to find the dude with the red flower. That is awesome. But apparently, he wasn't as he wasn't quite as smooth as sophisticated as uh, as we would like to remember him by. So they dropped him. Billy D. Williams. That's Billy it. D. Williams. He was in Predator as well, weren't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's done loads of stuff, mate. Oh, let's, yeah. let's see what else he's done. But yeah, no, he's. I mean, he he was a cool guy. I mean, he's eighty-one now. 
81. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of understand why they didn't. But, so, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so... Star- oh, and Batman as well, he was in. Yes, he was originally cast as Harvey Dent in the 1989 right. film. Yeah. He actually reprised that role in the Lego Batman. Like, Did he? He'd done the voice. Oh, of- that is awesome. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, oh, man, I love that guy. But um, yeah, so if Solo proves to be successful, they're actually considering doing spin-offs from that. So I don't know, mm. I don't know how I feel about that, but let's just see how we get on. I, and- I feel like Disney are going to churn out quite a few Star Wars films. Well, this is something which is kind of cool, speaking about Disney, is that um, The Avengers has made more money than Sin, right? It has made something like $1.2 billion in less than 10 days. That is the most intake of any box office ever. Now, traditionally, when a film breaks this record, because this all started with Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. So Jaws came out, made a ton of money, and it was the highest grossing film of all time. Then Star Wars came out, and what George Lucas done to congratulate... uh, Sorry, what Steven Spielberg done to congratulate George Lucas is he took a page out in the LA Times with some artwork of R2-D2 looking down a a telescope... Oh, no, he was fishing for Jaws. And it notes a congratulations on taking our title... You know, everything else and it was this to and fro between Steven Spielberg and George Lucas for about 10 years because mm. then then Star Wars absolutely smashed it then E.T. was released and that became the highest grossing film so they that again film terrified me as a child it scared the shit it, out it, of me that, that alien is not a friendly looking alien it's quite scary yeah and they think oh you know we'll make its finger glow and it can just uh, it can just finger people basically. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that as a, t- a tagline? ET wasn't ET photo. ET fingers you. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe Freddie got fingered in space. Yeah. Uh, so, but um, so there's this ongoing thing uh. of the top grossing film where some artwork is done back yeah. and forth. Now, most recently, it was the between the Avengers and Jurassic World. So um, when Jurassic World become the highest ranking uh, box office film there was a piece of artwork commissioned by Disney slash Marvel to mm-hmm. congratulate Jurassic Park and then when The Force Awakens got that again it was Maybe another piece of artwork yeah. anyway the latest has come in and obviously um, the people who did have the 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 baton was, was Star Wars was George Lucas wasn't it was, uh, well I suppose it was Lucas, oh, Lucas yeah, Art right yeah, uh, Lucas, yeah. by Disney and the piece of artwork was of um of Ray handing over a lightsaber to Iron Man's hand. Yes, right. Yes, I and did read it, about this. It looks, it looks fucking cool. It's a great yeah. piece of artwork, and it's nice that they've carried on this tradition, which yeah. has gone on for forty odd years. Right, yeah. that's amazing. And um, but I can't help but think because Disney own <laughs> Lucas Arts. Yeah, they own Marvel, so it's basically going to Disney. Well done, Disney. Love Disney. But, uh, Mark, Keep Ham- up the good work, Disney. Yeah, exactly. You know what, Disney? You deserve a day off. Love yeah. Disney. But uh, Mark Hamill <laughs> tweeted an amazing response to this, saying to Robert Downey Jr., for the love of God, wait till she leaves before you throw it away. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah obviously, what happens in, yeah, yeah, in The yeah, Last yeah, Jedi, yeah, 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 which is quite cool. I, like that. I love the fact that we were talking about the original dude who played um, Lando, because he was BD. in, he was he was in the original Predator, and they're remaking Predator at the moment. Ah. Shane Black, who was involved in the original Predator, and he he's directing this. He, you may know him from his more directorial work in terms of he directed Iron Man three. And he's actually an amazingly talented director. He uh, released a synopsis this week for that remake of of Predator, and basically, That's such a great film, Predator. I, I, yeah, but it's been they kind of screwed the pooch a couple of times with this, right? Especially with the Alien versus Predator films. Yeah, but if you take just a Predator film, I think Predator know. Two is good. 
with Arnold Schwarzenegger, just like it's just a great film. I loved Predator Two as well. Did you? Yeah. I, it, it was a good film, but just like I just love the whole eighties, nineties Arnie just killing the fuck out of everything. I love that scene where like. He's, it's, it's not even anything to do with the Predator at this point yeah. where he just takes over that camp and he just knock knock and he just yeah. kicks open that door <laughs> if it bleeds we can kill, kill it. it you are one ugly mother <laughs> and Jeff, that film's incredible right yeah. it's, it's a masterpiece and Shane Black was involved in the original writing so he hopefully like his skill will come into this yeah. remake but here's the here's the synopsis and tell me what you think okay. uh, I'll try and put it in uh, in my cheesiest voice possible but from the outer reaches of space to a small town street of suburbia, the hunt comes in Shane Black's explosive reinvention of the Predator series. Now the universe's most lethal hunters are stronger, smarter, and deadlier than ever before, having genetically upgraded themselves with DNA from other species. Now that that says to me, <laughs> you, you, you're basically taking the formula and gone... Fuck it. We'll do like Jurassic World. We'll yeah. stick in loads of DNA yeah. things to it. Yeah, they're now 50 foot tall and just crush humans. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, like, like, they were already doing the heavy lifting of the, you know, the scariness part. Yeah, you didn't yeah. have to throw in that. But, uh, and, and, and finally, just to, just to wrap it off, so, when a young boy accidentally triggers their return to Earth, a ragtag crew of ex-soldiers and a disgraced science teacher, Jamie, oh, I'm thinking... This sounds great! now <laughs> I'm thinking mate you can put your hand in the ring here so yeah. Shane Black if you're listening pal um, this guy science teacher yeah. he knows the films inside out disgraced <laughs> he is very disgraced <laughs> you can go for it so um, so yes the, the Predator and it's just going to be called The Predator is um, even though it's going to okay. be even though there's loads of Predators coming but anyway let's not let's not think about it too much Yeah. Um, so Synopsis got unveiled for that um, in terms of trailers that dropped over the last week now obviously in terms of films coming out, the whole world has basically gone, you know what, fuck it. The Avengers Infinity War, as mentioned before, is making a ton of money. Everyone's going yeah. to see it. Everyone's going to see it multiple times. The likelihood of wanting to release anything right now, everyone's backed away. Everyone's dropped yeah, films or, or moved dates. You kind of understand it. Um, but Marvel are trying to think about, okay, what does the world look like after this uh, Avengers Infinity War and they dropped their trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp I love um, Ant-Man oh, it's just, I love Ant-Man it's been building up and Peyton Reed is a great director and don't get me mm. wrong like I, I, I it's a crying shame that Edgar Wright we, we never got to see his version of Ant-Man because if you think about yeah. the, the level of talent that's in Marvel right you've got your Taika Waititi's you've got your James Gunn's you've got your you've got your Russo brothers making stuff you can see Edgar Wright in that company mm. of, of writing and directing these films nothing against Peyton Reed at all um, but it's fair to say that he had to deliver someone else's project this is his project now yeah. this is his anyway the trailer dropped for it it looks really interesting they've really gone big on the whole Make things big, make things small. There's a you can clearly see a scene where he he becomes giant man in it, and and yeah, I'm I'm hooked on this. I can't wait. There's some really funny bits, which is delivered in only the way that Paul Rudd can. So, He's just the perfect actor for Ant Man, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Just you that. can't imagine anyone else playing. I mean, a while ago, this was like about four years ago. Simon Pegg was captured. When I say captured, he was spotted at Marvel Studios with Edgar Wright. And he oh. took a picture of himself because hey, he's in Marvel Studios, right? Anyone's there is going to take fucking selfies. They're going to be yeah, like, "Oh, yeah. this is fucking awesome!" I just want to. Yeah. And he took a picture. And he's a geek as well. And he's me? a geek. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. massive geek, right? And he took a picture pointing to a, uh, a artist rendition of Ant Man on the wall. Now the whole internet went absolutely oh, wow, ballistic, yeah. saying Simon Pegg 
obviously very close friends of Edgar Wright. He's mm. going to be Ant-Man. And he, he had to put out a statement saying, I'm sorry, I was just fanboying out. I was just having a meeting with Edgar because he was working there on his script for Ant-Man and, and everything else. But that got me thinking of, what would it have been if like Simon Pegg was Ant-Man? I can't see anyone else than Paul Rudd now, but it would have been no. so different, but, wouldn't it? Yeah, but so, Simon Pegg has got that, that, that variety in his acting ability, though, hasn't he? Because he can do the comedy really, really well. He can do the seriousness. And he's not too dissimilar to Paul Rudd in many ways you know that their delivery is similar yeah they've yeah, got yeah. that dry delivery where it's very humorous I think but I think being a British actor and an American actor it's two different sides of the coin same coin almost like the, the, the subtleties in it are very very different yeah, in, in the, the delivery but I do think that it would have been weird if he was a Brit if Ant-Man was yeah. a Brit, it would have been weird. And yeah. I can't see Simon Pegg doing an accent. Like, he's only ever been English. He's only ever been Simon Pegg, right? Scottish. He could do Scottish. He, he, could do... he done Scottish. He was Scotty, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah his, his wife's Scottish. So he's had he's had a bit of practice uh, to, to get... Go. I think his wife's Scottish. I might just made that up. Mm. Fuck it. Simon Pegg. <laughs> here. Simon Pegg is, is married to a Scottish woman who's uh, who actually basically does the voice for Scotty. He, he just minds it the whole time. Won't we drop that down as well? Another trailer that did drop, which um, a lot of people have got an opinion on, is Robin Hood. Now, this... Um, I've got... A, I've, I'm compelled there's about four or five franchises which every four years regardless of the current state of them they have the reboot I love Robin Hood though I just love the Robin Hood story it's such a classic hero like rob from the rich give to the poor like yeah yeah I know okay so there's Robin Hood King King Arthur they always seem to come back to King Arthur at some point I love that story as well any sort of period sort of like British like yeah. Peter Chopper Pan people. they always seem to come back and do a yeah, Peter Pan yeah not such maybe. a big fan of Peter Pan yeah. they always do like a cap, not a Captain Hook but like a Blackbeard movie yeah. always, there was a Pirates anyway Robin Hood's turn there to be churned out the wheelhouse of shit we've run out of ideas and this is starring Taron uh, Egerton you might know him from Kingsman Secret Service uh, Eddie the Eagle as well as he's upcoming in the new Elton John biopic um, he's playing Robin Hood in this one. It's got Jamie Foxx in. Now, the theme they've gone with is that this is Robin Hood, the superhero. They're trying to play in that he's he's basically... Yeah, it's... Oh, mate. Well, that's how the whole world reacted when this trailer dropped. But another thing that came out of this was the costumes they were wearing. Like, it's supposed to be like... They're trying to make it, like, stylish and slick. and But they're still set in medieval times. So he looks like he's gone and robbed someone at Top Man... <laughs> And people go, and like, I love the nerdiness that comes out of it. So people are sharing images and going, why has he got like cross hatch stitching in his leather jacket? They would never have been able to do that in many <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so I, I love the internet sometimes. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that this is a film that they're going to just hope they just release subtly. It's exactly the same with that Robin Hood movie with um, Charlie from Sons of Anarchy playing it, um, Guy Ritchie directed. They knew they had a bit of a stinker on their hands, so they just... The King of, is that the King Arthur? Yeah, say? Legend of the Sword. Is that the one with David Beckham in it? Yes. <laughs> I actually quite like that film, actually. I did, I did think it was that awful. It's not... But it you got can, panned, but... You can understand why... Yeah, uh, yeah, there's several terrible Why Warner Brothers was just like, uh, let's just get this out there, and uh, <laughs> yeah, there's not going to be sequels to this. And... Do you know what the thing that always I find really weird about those sort of period films with castles and stuff like that? It's obviously they film it in Britain where we have castles, but those castles are like... 800, 1,000 years old, so they're 
quite ruinous. Yeah. And they just film it like, yeah, they would have been ruined back then as well. It's like, well, no, they would have, no. well, they would have had walls. You're saying that. They actually, a lot of these period places, they don't necessarily film in London anymore. So Britannia, um, the new... Well, it's not so new. I'm sorry to be UK-centric on this. There's a TV show... Um, actually co-partnered with HBO um, it's called Britannia it's got David Morrissey who I met in the street the other week actually you not did to, yeah not I was very jealous drop. very jealous but um, they filmed all of that in the Czech Republic mm. um, just because it's like actually the Czech Republic looks more like ancient Britain apparently <laughs> than, than I, Britain does I don't know if that's a compliment or not to... <laughs> well, yeah, but saying that as well have you watched um, The Alienist yet on Netflix yes I have that looks fantastic it's really good it it's... looks like a prequel to Mindhunter <laughs> yeah it's a really cleverly shot thing it's some really dark parts of it actually that make you reflect, reflect on Victorian Britain a little bit and you think Industrial Revolution was supposed to be advancing society um, and there's some really poor bits that make you feel a bit ugh I don't yeah, like well, that I, I don't want to go into too much detail but yeah. there's I'm know. glad you described it that way because they filmed most of it in Prague which is how you probably feel <laughs> after <laughs> night I, 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 only on a stag do but <laughs> well, yeah exactly I should say to any of our listeners based in Prague we, we chuff and love your country it's and beautiful, we, yeah. we are sorry for how we behave in the evenings from that perspective <laughs> but it's such a cultural city actually it's so yeah. surreal isn't it during the day you've got kids Very and families so. enjoying the cultural delights there and in yeah. the evenings it's a completely different story but um, so yeah that's your news for this week so for the review this week, um, as you can imagine, not many films wanted to creep out behind the rock of Avengers at this time. Although apparently the I Feel Pretty movie did come out and it has been absolutely panned and it's made about 10p. And long may it continue <laughs> to be honest because it looks like a terrible film. What a film that isn't a terrible film is a review done by John, obviously the co-host, and his lovely wife Jamie, not the Jamie that's on this podcast at the moment. But actually, no, Jamie, you may remember her from our Stranger Things podcast. She also helped us with uh, some of our Streaming Gems review and she is also the host of a podcast called How to Save the World. It's kind of a, a podcast about your inner eco-warrior, but also about your well-being. Highly recommend it. We'll put a link to it in the description in this podcast. Um, her and John have got a review for us about the Guernsey Literary Potato Pill Society. I've done a terrible job pronouncing that, but I'm sure they'll, they'll do a better job in giving you the review. So enjoy. Okay, John and Jamie from Talk Filmy to me here. Hello. We're going to be reviewing a movie that I'm going to let my wife say because it's a bit of a mouthful <laughs> it is a bit of a mouthful it's called the guernsey literary and potato peel pie society yes you'd think what a quirky film mm. this is gonna throw some interesting ideas uh maybe not we'll find out anyway so premise of this film it's based on a book by marianne schaefer Yes, so we've got Lily James playing the lead, mm -hmm. Juliet, who plays a writer, quite a successful writer from London, who has a correspondence with some people on Guernsey who have been going through a lot of perils from World War II. That's right, because Guernsey was occupied by the Germans. I actually didn't realise that until I saw this film. No, that was really interesting. And I'd say for the first half of the movie, it was kind of more focused on that, which was really interesting for me yeah i get sucked in from the nazis as you know that's a weird sentence but you know <laughs> if there's nazis in the story i'm kind of i'm i'm all in well it was compelling because they showcased a lot of acts of bravery and general resilience of the the guernsey people um who being being occupied didn't have a lot of the same rights as as the rest of the british public yeah so a really interesting kind of 
setting and not to mention the Guernsey the island just looks beautiful oh in this my goodness movie. so stunning I want to go there immediately they did a good really good job um of kind of display putting it on display in this movie um it took me about halfway through because we didn't know much about this before we went and saw but halfway through I realized I was watching a chick flick and I kind of felt by the end it was a little bit cheapened because of that how how did you feel yeah it was cheesy. Like, it was, it was cheesy. more cheesy than I wanted it to be. Even the bits that weren't about the romance. It was a bit of a cheesy movie. Lily James' performance was was good. We love it, Lily James. Yeah, she's lovely. But, yeah, I, I agree. I feel like there was too much focus in the film on the romantic aspect and not enough focus on the heroism of the people who were oppressed by the occupation Mm. i mean it was very conventional chick flick in the end as well because you had going off to marry this really conventionally handsome man who (gasps) didn't quite get lily james's character uh but then lily james you know falls in love with a pig farmer from guernsey is this a spoiler spoiler alert spoiler alert sorry anyway you know how if you watch the first 10 minutes of this movie you know exactly how it's gonna end you'll know how it's gonna end unfortunately and that's my main criticism of this. Um, my parents who came and saw it and are or were pig farmers actually reliably told me that she would never have fallen in love with him no matter how handsome he was because she is from London City and he uh, smells like a pig farm. Apparently they smell awful. Yeah. And that's coming from pig farmers, not your, having a go. <laughs> your parents also said that they were like, logistic parts of the pig farming scenes that would never happen like you wouldn't just pick up a pig and carry it around or you wouldn't fence them in with wooden pens or something i don't remember exactly what they said but they felt that the uh the realism of the pig farming wasn't quite up to snuff oh yeah the pig farming community is obviously up in arms (laughs) if the pig farming community are my mum and dad but um i mean i kind of felt like it was a more movie for for them almost because they watched the crown I thought it might be. It was that kind of It was style. kind of twee and a bit mm. safe. The depiction of the way people were able to create community against all odds during the occupation was like really heartwarming and beautiful. Um, we kind of wanted more of that, right? And yeah. less of this lab, uh, love story, which I presume was fabricated yeah. around... I mean, it's based on a book, so... It's based on a book, and I think the book is based on bits of truth, yeah. Um, but but the book is fiction. Right. As is the film. So let I, me tell you can I oh sorry to interrupt yeah, go you. For can it. I tell you my main my two main problems? Mm-hmm. The romantic lead, uh, who's played by a actor named Michael Holzman. I believe he's Norwegian. He plays a pig farmer and his English accent is It's not great, is it? Listen, my English accent is atrocious let's hear it no okay. uh, no you have to pay the pay good money for that <laughs> um i didn't believe his english accent was that great although actual english people could probably comment on that better and also there was a character who was played really beautifully by Catherine by Catherine parkinson from the it crowd which ah, is cool to see yeah her do a slightly different character and she's an excellent actress and her performance was stunning but there's this part of the script where she talks about how, you know, she's only beautiful on the inside and, she, you know, she's not nearly as beautiful as, as Lily James's mm. character and so she's never been with a man. And I thought that was insane. She's stunning. And I hate when films take 
very conventionally gorgeous people who may not be exactly at the absolute pinnacle mm. of attractiveness yeah. and, and say, oh, well, this is the ugly girl. This is the ugly girl who doesn't get everything because mm. she's ugly. And, and that's just insane. Yeah, it was almost laughable when she was saying that she'd never been able to find someone. Basically, she was saying she was a virgin, right? She was saying she's a virgin because she's not pretty enough. And obviously, if you've seen the IT crowd, Jen from the IT crowd, I mean, it's kind of laughable. She's obviously an attractive lady. It kind of had, uh, it reminded us a bit of Ready Player One when yeah, she... Uh, the main girl has this birthmark on her face, which suddenly marks her as like, you know, useless woman yeah. garbage. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, but let's be upbeat for a minute, shall we? Lily yeah. James, she had a lot of work to do this film. It's a long movie, probably slightly longer than it needs to be. But I thought Lily James did a really, a pretty good job. Um, she has an amazing way with her eyes being able to act. She's very right? expressive. Very expressive with her eyes. It's, it's very impressive. And I will say her romantic lead partner was not good. I got to the end of the film hoping that she'd stay with the American guy that she wasn't really meant for because I felt like he did a better job. <laughs> I know well, that's not he was over. definitely a better actor, but... It was one of those chick flicks where it didn't quite make complete sense. I'm sure it did on paper, but then... Maybe a couple of casting mm. uh, mishaps. But, I mean, overall, what would you give this movie? Out of what? Out five? of five. That's, you know, the top film. Oh, I'm sorry. It's been a while. It's I've, been, a I've while. been away for a bit. Um, I'd give it a... Can I give half yeah. stars? I give it a three and a half. Three and a half. That's kind. I'll go three. Mm. I'd say it's it's definitely not bad. And, I mean, it was really interesting seeing Guernsey and uh, the plight of people there during that time because that's something we never knew about yeah I, um, I did enjoy the film overall but there were some it was a bit it was cheesy wasn't yeah it? my wonderful father-in-law sort of turned to me and was like oh, it was a chick flick he, he said he realized in with about 10 minutes in he was like i'm watching a chick flick and <laughs> it took me a lot longer than that but i was like all right yeah kudos for him to uh, sniffing out a chick flick so there you go the guernsey literary and, and potato peel pie society. Well done. Three out of five. Yeah, three out of five. Cool. So there you have it. Three out of five. And it sounds like a, an interesting mix, even if it's just the, the weird title. Anyway, so let's crack on the feature. So the feature for this week, um, we're back with a feature. It's been a while since we've done one. It's about films that you only share with significant people in your life. So this this idea comes to me. Have you seen The Big Sick? There's a really um, really charming scene where Kamal shares with with um, with Emily for the first time. Uh, the Night of the Living Dead. He, he's an absolute massive nerd for these films, and he only shows it to somebody. Uh, yeah, kind of by the third date, you're you're worthy of watching this film. And there's a few films for me like that, and for me actually, the first film that I always be like, you know what, I'm gonna make them watch this film. It doesn't have to be a date. It could be a friend mm. or a flatmate or whatever. And I always want to gauge their reaction. Is The Prestige? I, I fucking love that film. Remind me, Prestige. Which one's that? It's a it's a Nolan movie. It's it's Hugh Jackman, uh, Christian Bale. They're magicians trying to better one each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're looking at me like, why haven't you shared this film? Yeah, it was so important to you. It was so important. So glad I've seen it with you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I remember like. Um, 
Well, I was with my girlfriend for a couple of years, and we were talking about films we like, and I was like, nah, the prestige, oh, seen it man. with her, have you? Well, yeah, she's, she's my wife, mate. Don't get <laughs> yeah, too no, no, fine, fine. <laughs> Just want to point out that I was the best man at your wedding, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, what about yourself? You're going to name every film that we've seen together now. What about yourself, man? Tell me why. Well, there's a, there's a couple, I think, and one of them was, yes, I've seen with you, but uh, I'll, I'll save that one to later. Oh. Um, uh, I have to be honest, that, that when um, Star Wars, actually, um, my mum got me into Star Wars when I was three years old. Yeah. Um, she showed me my first Star Wars movie and we would literally watch it on VHS. For all of you millennials out there, that's um, a, an old form of DVD. Oh, I probably don't even know what DVDs are anymore. <laughs> uh, you know that classic show, Red Dwarf? <laughs> when they talk about that stuff they film stuff on, it was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we used to watch it all the time. And so now, every time a Star Wars movie comes out, I go and see it with my mum uh, and cool. whoever else who wants to come along at the time. But yeah, so that's that's one. And the other is probably the um, the, uh, the 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 Dead series, the George A. Romero yeah, yeah, Dead yeah. series. Which who did I see that with? Who have I watched all those with? You've, you've watched them all with me. I mean, with you, mate. That's right. Yeah, because they're important <laughs> films. <laughs> yeah, I've got. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a podcast in there about that. how much we love those films. Oh, anyway. they're great. But, um, they're great series. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I, I'm actually, like, I, I agree with you. Those films are incredible. But because they're a bit old and it's really hard to introduce that to people who, it's a bit easier now because The Walking Dead has basically made zombies quite mainstream. Yeah, very much. Right, so, and yeah. 28 Days Later and films like that have yeah. already done that. But, but I always introduce, so the first one, when they say, to, oh, I fucking love zombie films. Like, if you need to sit down and do a marathon of zombie films, I always introduce it with the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, totally agree. The Zack Snyder cut. Yeah. A brilliant, brilliant film. Excellent yeah. storytelling. I just love that intro where you hear Down with the Sickness playing and yeah. that. I love the... Um, that's not Down with the Sickness, sorry. They play it during the, at the end. It's um, Johnny Cash. Oh, When yeah. the man comes to town, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. that's it. Where that's they, right, they play yeah. that and it's the... And you see the, the way how they try and tying the whole pathogen stuff and the yeah, yeah. it's just it's I great. think it's, it's it's up there almost the perfect yeah. remake of a zombie you, film you wouldn't start with Day of the Dead with something like that or Night of the Walking Dead you know you, or Night of the Living Dead so you th- those are very niche and you'd have to build them you build that, that love and yeah. then when you come yeah 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 exactly uh, Day of the Dead though is actually a masterpiece yeah. and anyone who says Land of the Dead is up there with it deserves to be shot <laughs> Um, it's it's a great film. It's a great great film until the last thirty seconds. Ah, uh, you, you yeah, I know, I know. When the zombies are going across that bridge, they're about to blow them out of the sky. He's like, yeah, get some revenge. And the guy, the main character, stops them. Goes, no, they're just looking for a place to live, like us. Yeah, but mate, they've just taken your place where you live because they don't care because they want to crack open your head and eat your brains. People like you would get me killed. <laughs> well, there we go. So yeah, don't don't. I take it you never share Land of the Dead with them then. No. Uh, uh, one actually, I can't. I think we were we were living in our, our student flat. This was years ago, and uh, and believe it or <laughs> not, it was ago. our it was our flatmate had never seen Back to the Future crime yeah crime so I was like dude how have you not seen yeah. like Back to the Future for me probably the closest thing to a perfect trilogy as as because con- it was planned as a trilogy wasn't it I mean the, the, the crossover and the fact they made him look older in the first, first one. one so that he would look yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 
genius. Like that wasn't even a thing back then. Like they actually thought about where this was going. I really upset one of our friends. He's called Gex. I upset him by ten. I basically said, I, I don't. I'm not a particularly big fan of westerns. Neither is Jamie. No. Nope. And um, I just said to him, the best western I ever saw was Back to the Future Three, and that's not even meant to be a western. Joe, what? I didn't even classify that as a western, but that's now my favourite western. As well. Yeah, yeah, that's alongside with Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. The two most non-western films that there are. I realised Back to the Future for me is that one of those films that if it's on, like I have to watch it. And each one of them, even though the third one isn't necessarily as good as the first two, Mm -hmm. it's still a very, very good film. And uh, yeah, like Back to the Future, I was like, oh my god, like I enjoyed, I felt such enjoyment of helping that person discover that that franchise. To to have that impact on someone, it's like the first time when. You know when you know when you always think about ah, oh, I would love to watch that film again for the first time. Yeah. When you have that moment, when you see someone watching that film that you absolutely adore, yeah. And it can go one of two ways. You see their face get excited at the point where you got excited, and yeah, you know, exactly. and there's that joy and that love that you see developing on them, or they fucking hate it and it ruins it for you, right. and you hate that person never seen that again. happened with me and my <laughs> missus for Star Wars. So she's never seen Holly's never seen. She, she's only seen a couple of them now. Yeah. And um, which one like, did you start with? So I said you've got a choice. Okay. Yeah. The choice that we have never had because we've grown into it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know small violins and everything else, right? Yeah. Third, uh, sorry, first world problems. Yeah. But you can either watch it in the good order yeah. or you can watch it in the order that George Lucas apparently wants you to see yeah, this episode yeah. one upwards. And he goes, well, we'll start of episode one. It's like, are you sure? Because when you get to the good uh... ones, it might look a bit weird that you go from this type of animation to another. Yeah. And she goes, no, no, no. I want to... So we started of episode one. And we kind of stopped after episode one because I was like, oh, what did you think? She goes, trade agreements? <laughs> she goes, I don't really understand. And also, um, she, she like this completely took her out of it. Um, there's a whole thing about like crossovers and characters and homages to other films. Great. But you know when the, the scene where the Trade Federation meet for the first time? Yeah. And it pans across, and the whole concept of the story, the premise is trying to tell you that the universe is quite big, that there are so many different species. It's ZT, you yeah, say, yeah. There's a little family of ETs, and I was like, oh, is ET in this film? And I was like, no, no. no. Actually, it's a Steven Spielberg thing. They're just mates. They think yeah, was, a little homage. It's yeah. a little homage thing. But Holly generally spent the rest of the film hoping for <laughs> ET. Like, somehow <laughs> this was like a, a prequel. To, yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. This is bicycle flying across the moon yeah. and we're back final to battle. We're back to someone fingering someone in space. <laughs> yeah. But um so she was like, Oh, I didn't really like it. I was like, Oh like look, look, I appreciate it's got some warts, but yeah. there's if you like the lightsaber stuff, there is an amazing lightsaber uh, fight between Darth Maul and, and uh, Obi and Qui Gon. Yeah. And you know what? It defies modern Star Wars battles, right? Yeah. We now judge it against that I can't remember that that song great soundtrack John Williams did a great job yeah, that, that best thing of, best thing of episode one was the best soundtrack. thing about the prequel trilogy yeah. was it, it brought us that new level yeah. of uh, and, I mean they completely screwed the pooch by episode three when literally I shit you not there is a scene where Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting and they spend ten seconds it's ten seconds it's agonising ten seconds longest ten seconds of your life which is what I told my wife on our wedding night. Hey. But um, 
where they are twirling lightsabers at each other. Yeah. <laughs> just, just twirling. Like, so I, they kind of regressed back in terms of the, the fighting skills yeah. and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, unfortunately, it, it didn't go that way of, because I was hoping that, that Holly would be like, oh, I love Star Wars and everything yeah, else. Yeah. No, she was absolutely, no. Uh, and you're still with her? Yeah, well, we've got a kid now. Oh, right. But, she, but I've started the right path with my daughter. So Good. I've introduced Jurassic Park to her. Good. And although she can't, like, she loves it. She, she just loves the, the it's colours, the, moving it's colours, the yeah, and everything else. <laughs> but um, I generally just, I've got a newfound appreciation for Jeff Goldblum. I love the fact that he's, his actual character is there for bollocal reason. He's a chaos theorist. Yeah. His job is there just to basically talk about the, well, the butterfly flaps its wings somewhere <laughs> else. Or, or, I'm going to put this drop of water on your hand. I, yeah, yeah. I just, I, all of a sudden, I've, I just embraced them. He was Jeff Goldblum, even back when he was peak Jeff Goldblum yeah. in terms of his craziness, man. Like, I, I generally love that film. Also introduced, obviously, we started episode four with my daughter. She's hooked on it. Good. And we done her hair like Leia a couple of weeks back. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, so so that's cool. Is there any other, like, classics that you love introducing well, the people? You know I love my uh, Kevin Costner films. And uh, that, that takes a very special lady... Uh, to be introduced to those or Kevin Costner uh, himself or Kevin Costner himself <laughs> he's out there Kevin give us a call um, I reckon I could help you out with a new film um, but yeah I mean uh, there's some classic Kevin Costner films obviously you've got Prince of Thieves that's a great one to watch with a lady um, and then you know you can introduce them into the classics which one day will make it to the Hall of Fame like Waterworld Postman things like that um, but I'll be honest with you uh, not many relationships last after showing them that <laughs> you let, they literally say I'll post I'll send you a letter yeah yeah and uh, I'm guessing it's on horseback somewhere uh, what they're making its way to me but uh, I'll be honest with you I don't want someone in my life that can't handle the postman well that's that's very that's it, that's it. That's it. That's it. it's kind of like you know like some, some people say I've got a pet and that pet is the judge is the decider over yeah. whether someone gets to stick around or not yeah, right? yeah, yeah. and for you it's, it's the postman it's, it's the postman <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, they to... can appreciate the nuances and how brilliant and how like mind-bending that film is. It was ahead of its time, my friend. It's still not reached its time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was one. There was one where um, on Netflix they intru- I mean, this was back three or four years ago. They put the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie yeah. on on there, and yeah. I was just like to to my wife, I was like, "We've got to watch this," and she's like, "Why?" And I was like, "This was incredible. Like this this film. Like it was actually it was actually um, a forefront in terms of technology at the time because yeah. it done computer animation for the Zords yeah, and yeah. the fight and stuff. And Christopher Lloyd, as in Doc, Back to the Future. I'm sick. I'm linking everything so much. I know, everything's, I everything's going everything's, well, man. Everything's, everything's connected. It's, it's like, like it's planned. It's almost, <laughs> it's, it's almost like uh, Avengers. How that's linked together. Which, by the way, spoiler special coming next week. Anyway, yeah. Christopher Lloyd. He's um, he plays Ivan Ooze. Like, do you remember the bad guy <laughs> in that? Right? And he, he does a stellar job yeah. in it, right? And um, my wife never watched TV. She, she kind of knew what Power Rangers was, but she watched TV. She goes, she goes "I'm kind of wish I watched this when I was a kid." Now, like that was incredible. And, you know, and especially as a, as a young woman growing up, like it was quite. I thought. You know, it was a TV show where you know the females weren't the weak ones who needed help, which unfortunately was you know part of history of cinemography is that you've got the hero man and but around that time we were starting to get these real massive female heroes coming through and you know, i think you know going to the 90s you've got things like buffy which i think was amazing yeah you know, you've got power rangers where you've got the pink ranger and the yellow ranger you know kicked ass every day of the week um yeah. you know and it, it, 
and instead of being, you know, the guy coming swooping in and saving the day, quite often they were saving the day, and it, and I think it started to break that mold, and I think that's important for our generation. That. It definitely yeah. started breaching that for the the future storytellers who would then come in and be like, no, this is there yeah. is better ways to write stuff, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So no, I agree with you on that. There was, do you remember? So not to harp back on old uni days, but there was a period in our first year of university where a lot of us either discovered or rediscovered. The 1983 original Transformers animated movie. I got the touch. Yeah, exactly. You got the power. Like, and it, it, spread, it spread like a virus oh. through the campus. Like yeah. everyone went and bought it at HMV because yeah. that's the only place you spent your money at that age. <laughs> and uh, let everyone. I mean, to be fair. I think that is actually close to kind of a perfect film. It's amazing. The soundtrack, the the, the, the animation. The emotion. Oh, the emotion. The emotion is when heartbreaking. When Optimus Prime dies, do oh. not grieve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you've had 30 years. <laughs> it's the only film to look you dead in the eye yeah. and say that Hot Rod is to become the new leader of the Autobots. Yeah. And you hear that voice in a dramatic tone and you don't even snigger when he goes... Rise, Rodimus Prime. <laughs> Absolutely classic. Yeah. But what are your favourite films that you like to share with someone or like to reintroduce to someone that brings out that twinkle in their eye which you had when you first enjoyed it? Get in contact with us at Talk Filmy to me. Connect the dots, connect the dots, connect the dots, connect the dots. You can't connect the dots to be forward. Hilarious. Connect the dots, connect the dots, connect the dots, connect the dots. You can only connect them looking backwards. Right, so Connect the Dots, the game which you'll probably hear, hopefully heard a few times by now. Basically, it's a game you can play along with at home. Uh, essentially, we've got three films and three cast lists taken from IMDb. We're starting at position number 10 and working our way up. The idea is to guess the film. If you guess the film in that position, you get points. I.e., if you guess someone who was in position four, you get four points. There's a bonus round at the end to get double your points. It's kind of an ongoing thing where it's either the host will do it or the guest. Um, at the moment, the record I've set at 38 I do believe and uh, the lowest at the moment actually was John I think a while back he yes it wasn't me <laughs> cool. but Jamie's on, on film selection choice this time round so hopefully you're not going to you're not going to make it too easy for me uh, no <laughs> it, it's uh, the first one mate is horrendous but I've gone for a bit of a theme today right. there are all three films that you have seen okay. but all three films have had a remake okay. now it could be that I've given you the remake or the original but I believe you have seen both all right, awesome. So, go. Film number one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because stop the, sniggering to yourself as you're doing it. Because the first five haven't got character names. <laughs> Good luck. Um, right. Film one. David Horton. Dawn of the Dead. No. Barbara Carey. Uh, uh, no, I don't know. Cheryl Gutridge. Uh, <laughs> stop God. sniggering at her surname. <laughs> Next. Uh, Dorothy Tappert. Uh, Sean and the Dead. Nope. Philip A. Gillis. No one's remade Sean and the Dead, you idiot. Um, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> Alright, now we get into character names. Uh, this one's got a character name. Teresa Tilly. You're reading out the actor, not the. I'm reading out the actor, yeah, Teresa uh, Tilly. Uh, they don't often have surnames. I don't know. No, <laughs> Betsy Baker. <sighs> Fuck, I don't know. Next. <laughs> Richard DeManincourt. Oh, I'm doing a, this is shit. Okay, next. Ellen Sandvice. No. You'll get it on this one. 
Bruce Campbell. Oh, fucking hell, Evil Dead. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> one point. The, the original one. That's the original oh, one. Oh, man, yeah. that's, that's hard. That is a hard one. I, I, got that, a bit, I was being a bit of a bed in there. <laughs> that was a hard this, one. This whole game is about being a <laughs> Right, you ready for film two? Right, film two. Right. Sylvia Hoex. Don't know. Thomas Lemarque. Uh, 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 next. David Dasmalshayan. Uh, I don't know. Wood Harris. Wood Harris, Wood Harris, Wood Harris. Uh, Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Anna D. Amos. Oh, this is hard, man. This yeah, is man. very hard. Or did you get less than me, though? Yeah, you, I'm actually <laughs> going to get the wooden spoon now. Okay, next. Vilma Chezzy. Or Chezzy. Okay, um, I'm not even guessing. American Werewolf in Paris. No. Mark Arnold. Mark Arnold. Oh, that name rings such a bell. Now I'm thinking of Mark Strong. He always plays bad guys. Um, no, I don't know. So, Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Oh, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. We're now we're talking Blade Runner. Yes. Yes. I've got a bit. Actually, I've just realised now. All three films I've picked, they normally have like a main character with a couple of characters around them, and the rest are jobbers. Yeah. <laughs> how, so, how do I get on that one? Uh, three. Three. I mean. Uh, that's, that's well played that was, that that's was, well played obviously she played Lieutenant Joshi and that's Blade Runner 2049 and she reprised her role yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right okay and the now last one now we're cooking one. back on four right we're on four okay you ready yeah Tamer Berjak I have no idea Lena Headey ah oh, that name or Lena Hedy. yeah she, she rings a bell um ah uh, okay um Robocop no, but I almost picked Robocop. Oh, you son of a Okay. <laughs> Reiki Aola. Reiki Aola, I don't know. Next. Olivia Thelby. Say that again. Olivia Thelby. Uh, no, sorry, you lost me. Emma Breshi. <sighs> I'm usually really good at this. I'm in performance issues. <laughs> Next. Jason Cope. Oh, I know him as well. <sighs> You know what? I'm just going to let let people play along, so I'm not going to guess it just yet. Cause it'll be boring if I got it now. Next, <laughs> Porteous Zando. That is a fucking cool surname. It's an awesome. The whole name's awesome. Yeah. I'm quite happy with that. Uh, next, uh, this one uh, I've struggled to pronounce. Andal Mungadi. I'm going to be honest. It, your pronunciation's not helped me, but it's still not. It's not. I don't know. Next, <laughs> Rachel Wood. Rachel Wood. Okay. Uh, Halloween. No. Last one. Oh my god. Carl Urban. Oh, Drudge Dread. It's Dread, yes. It's a new Dread. Again, not a very nice one because actually all three of those films have a main character and not many other people. Yeah, yeah, no, fair play. Um, Dread. Oh, how good is Dread? Dread is a great film and I knew you'd seen it. I knew you loved it as much as I did. Um, So unfortunately, Flint, that puts you on five. Well, we've got the, the, I can't, I could double it. Do you want to double it? Yeah, so basically the double around is Jamie is going to tell me the writer of one of those films and I have to guess to that film. If I'm correct, it doubles my points. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. The writer for one of these films is Sam Raimi. Well, Sam Raimi, the genius, who also wrote, who also directed the, the Spider-Man film, but also, more importantly, Evil Dead, motherfucker. <laughs> yes, Ten indeed. Points. Ten points. Well, I was kind to you there. You're very, very, very <laughs> kind to me. Very kind to me. Um, so there you have it. Connect the dots. Finally, Flint has got his comeuppance. <laughs> connect the dots. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. You can't connect the dots to be forward. Hilarious. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. You can only connect them looking backwards. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this Talk Filming to Me podcast. If you've enjoyed this as much as we've enjoyed making it, please click on the like, subscribe, tweet us, shout at us. You know what? Do, do whatever you like. It's all good. We're down to clown. My name's Adam Flint. You can find us on Twitter at Talk Filming to Me. I'd like to thank my astute guest, Jamie Hannon. How can people find you? On Twitter at, at Mr. Hannon in Space and at Will Flint Live. Hanun in space. Shout out to my OG host, Deska, for doing his review with his lovely wife, Jamie. You can go see her at her place still. I think there are still some tickets left. I'll put some information of that in the description. Next time, we're going to be back. Actually, there's going to be a pod in between the regular episode. Hitting your ears is going to be a Infinity War spoiler special with a crossover event with our guest, Tom Woods. Uh, you may know him from hosting a podcast called Rest Hold Wrestling. If you enjoy your nostalgic wrestling and the glory years, it's a great one for you. Um, that'll be dropping out over the week. But we'll be back to regular programming a few days afterwards where we'll be doing a streaming jam, a review of a film in cinemas, and we'll connect some dots. Till next time. We're down in the basement. We'll lock the cellar door and baby. Talk filmy to me.